Hello and welcome to the Respectfully podcast. I'm Nikki Pope and I am your host. I have invited two guests to join me today. They are both part of the renowned Trevor Sorby international team and we are going to be kicking around the idea that is it better now or was it better then? So it's that age-old thing of, you know, how good do people have it these days and what are the opportunities? I will be joined by two guests, John Spanton and Harry Whiffin, who work together at the Trevor Sorby International Team in a salon in London's Covent Garden. But they are 20 years apart in their experience of training in hairdressing. So it'll be really interesting to see what has improved over the years or what perhaps have been the double-edged sword of things like social media and connectivity and whether expectations and pressures have grown alongside the array of ways that we learn and communicate. So grab yourself a cup of tea and let's get the conversation started. John Spanton and Harry Whiffin, so welcome. Hi there. Thanks for having me. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, guys. I think we're all speaking from London, but different parts of London, I'm guessing, Uh, because you're both based at the Covent Garden Salon for Trevor Sorby. Is that right? Yeah, we're both both in Covent Garden, yeah. yeah. So, John, just give us a little, what would you say to somebody at a party when they say, right, what do you do for a living and and where do you work? What's your little summation of where you are these days? Well, other than the fact that years ago I learned to tell everyone that I, I, I was unemployed so they didn't spend the next hour talking about their hair. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. I would t- so my job title now is uh, Senior Technical Director for Special Projects, which is like an intentionally vague job title. <laughs> um, and that it means the company can kind of get me involved on anything education, anything artistic, um, any support that uh, colourists might need. Um, so it's kind of a... a, a cover all job title really but that that's that's fine yeah and you have um but you do also have your own clients you still work in the salon everyone as well? at Tri- yeah everyone at trevor sorby does um no one apart from some reception staff and a couple of managers um don't put money in the till we all yeah. we all have a call and we all have a client uh, we all have a guest list yeah brilliant so harry what would you say would you admit to being a hairdresser well, it's funny that it's, as soon as you say that to somebody at, at a party or anywhere, it, that's it for the whole night. It's what do you think of my hair? What do you think of this? Blah, blah, blah. Uh, but yes. well, can I just, uh, I have to say, even working in the media and events, I'm exactly the same. the same. If I get into a cab and they say, where are you going and what do you do? I also think twice about saying anything about hairdressing. Cause... Yeah, I know. Exactly. It's always, always the way. Um, but yeah, I'm a stylist. I don't have a fancy name title like John. John does, unfortunately, <laughs> but maybe one yet, day. Yet, maybe yet, maybe one day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I'm just a stylist at Trevor Sorby. Um, so I cut hair. Um, do a little bit of reception work every now and then if I've got a bit of free time. Can I just say, please don't call yourself just a stylist. No, I'm not and just especially a not, <laughs> <laughs> And especially not at Trevor Sorby, because, uh, Harry, just share with people the, the process at Trevor Sorby. I know it's called Vardering. You train for, like, years, and then you still have to do, like, quite an intense month. Or, or what's what's the process of actually qualifying? Yeah, so you have to... Uh, it's, it's on average between three to four years of training, um, depending on how quick you pick it up and if you've had previous training before. Um, and then once you've finished learning all your haircuts, you then go into your barbering process, 
which is an intense four to six weeks um, of training every single day, going over every single haircut and creative work. Um, and then at the end of that, you'll do um, a test in front of Trevor. You'll present, do a presentation, show him every haircut. He'll, he'll go through it and pick it up and, and make sure... And, and it's a lot, isn't it? Do you do something like 11 models, 10, 11 Yeah, models? I think 12, it's 12 models, including a hair up. So it's a creative yeah. hair up and then every other haircut, yeah. So it's, Gosh, it's intense. So that's quite intense. It's really it is intense. intense, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't want to go back through that at all. <laughs> but, <laughs> so, so John, did everybody has to do that? Did do you remember doing that? Was that yeah. is, has that is that been the same since forever? At yeah, Trevor? I mean, it's, it, it, it has been um, since kind of the day that nineteen seventy nine they opened up the the salon that everyone has to Varder. Um, so I came externally, so I wasn't an assistant there. I'd worked for part of the L'Oreal group before that. And um, so I'd been hairdressing quite a long time uh, since, I was, well, since I was 16, I think I was 34, uh, 35, 35, I think, when I joined. Mm. Um, and I'd come from quite a senior position within the L'Oreal group. Um, but it doesn't make any difference. You have to, you in that case, you do a, like a trade test of five models, and based on those five models, they decide whether you are um, good enough to sort of go on the Vardrum program. Yeah. Um, and like Harry said, it's usually between four to six weeks, um, and then you do exactly the same process kind of thing. Although you, the slight difference is you're learning the Trevor Sorby way of doing things from from yeah. scratch and day yeah. one of that Vardering programme. Whereas an assistant is kind of picking up and, and refreshing the techniques they previously yeah. learned. You learn them for the first time and then you still have to present that kind of uh, test at the end of it to Trevor yeah. uh, and and other colourists, uh, other senior colourists. Because Trevor's not a colourist, so he has uh, someone else involved. Have some of that. He's quite picky, isn't he? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they, they go through everything with a fine-tooth comb. I mean, there's there's yeah. no... I mean, if you ask you a question during the your test, he already knows the answer. He's wondering if you Oh, well, I think that was the hardest part for me, was the questions. And I was like, is he trying to catch me out here? Is this a trick question? And you, all of a sudden, everything you've learned just goes out the window and you panic you think oh my god I don't know the answer to this basic question you know I know <laughs> I think that's he's uh, I mean he's the tough he's I was gonna say he's like a parent but some parents are perhaps a bit a bit more push I don't know he's ever so hard on his own people but he also is ever so loyal and proud of his own people is is the perception I get of him He's a bit like a naughty uncle, really. I mean, he's, 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 <laughs> for me, I mean, I know um, it's been quite public that him and Angelo Seminara have got a very close personal relationship. Yeah. He calls him his hair dad. For for me, I mean, he's more yeah. like a more like a bit of a naughty uncle. Um, yeah. So it can be a bit tough on you when when needed, but um, yeah. we'll also kind of go to the pub with the staff after work and have a laugh with you as well. Yeah. Um, like he's any fun. good uncle would. Yeah. <laughs> more of a granddad to me. <laughs> Gosh. Um, so, so John, you see, so you've been with Trevor, so, gosh, coming up 20 years then, maybe 17? Uh, 17 as of the 4th of February, so just, um, just at my anniversary. And previous to that, clearly you would know of him and, and have seen the process and, and been in hairdressing for a long time. Do you... What's your perception of how what it's like then being a young hairdresser coming into hairdressing these days, sort of 
as opposed to when you joined. Did you, you come straight from school? Have you always? Yeah, uh, yeah. literally finished school one day, um, started in the cell on the next. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think in some ways it feels as though, I don't know, is it easier to be a good hairdresser these days because you have more support and more help and the industry's more uh, widely accepted, if you like, as a, as a place to go after school? Or do you think it's got harder? What would be your gut Reaction to that. Uh, I th- I think that's that's quite. I don't think you can give a simple answer to that though. I think it's it's quite a complex kind of thing. Um, when I started, it was really seen as as something quite trivial. Uh, yeah. Prices were comparatively low. Um, I think if you look at the the cost of living versus a haircut in the eighties when I started, um, then cost of living versus a haircut now, I think you would see that it's grown during that time. Um, but I, I mean, it was different. I mean, you had a, uh, an assistant to every stylist uh, when I was sixteen. Yeah. So, but you were knocking out. They were knocking out haircuts every half an hour. They didn't have hour long right. appointments at the time. Yeah. Um. So you were kind of much more involved as assistant, but you were also responsible for all cleaning, all laundry. There wasn't cleaners come in at the end of the night and and whatever. Right. So it was just like everybody was in the team. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. And it, everything really depended on the assistants doing it. The, the stylists didn't clean up after themselves at all. Um, yeah. So it's quite, so it's quite bureaucratic almost. Yeah. You know, I mean, so you, you'd have your place in the pecking order. Oh, but without question, I mean, you got the lunch. You would sometimes do the personal shopping, um, for bits and bobs. Um, you brought the clients through the shampoo. You took over the blow dry while they moved on to the next one. Then they came back and finished off and took the tip. Yeah. Um, it was it was a very different way of working, yeah. uh, whereas now we have significantly less assistance. I think the average is between one in three to one in four. Yeah. Um, but most salons will have cleaners, um, and I think in some ways the assistants have it much harder now because they've got to do all of a lot of everything, and they're also looking after multiple people. Yeah. And I think so, the saddest thing in all that is that they don't get the opportunity to watch. Um, yeah, that's what I remember as, as an assistant. I think when I started um, at Trevor Sorby, there was about eight or nine, maybe even ten assistants. So, you know, there was times where I could sit and stand at, on the shop floor for an hour and just watch, you know, Tizzy or Ryan just do a haircut. And I would learn so much from watching, whereas I see the assistants now when there's only four or five of them, they they yeah. don't stop all day. They don't get a chance to sit and watch and you know, it's important to pick up and see how we are with clients and how we interact and all those small little bits that you never get taught, you know? I think that's, yeah. that's quite important. So, Harry, coming in as... Um, so when you... Did you want to do hairdressing straight from school? I didn't know what I wanted to do. When I left school at 16, I had no idea. I didn't do very well in school. Um, so I was, you know, I was more creative than I was academic. Um, and then my brother was doing a hairdressing course at the time um, at college. So he said to me, why don't you just try it, you know, do a year and see how you get on. And then I won a competition on my first day at college and I thought, mm, could be all right at this. Yeah. <laughs> and then I've just stuck with it ever since and loved it, yeah. Did you have, well, I suppose if you'd seen your brother training a little bit, did you have any idea of how hard work it would be? No idea. I went into it being so naive. I thought this is going to be a great, easy job. You know, I'm not going to have to do much here. It's pick up some scissors and cut hair. That's it. So, John, back in the day, back in the sort of 80s, or even prior to that, 
did, was there so much training like as in qualifications were there formal qualifications because I know this is a bit of an issue these days with things like registration you know what would happen with older people who didn't weren't required to have or there wasn't a formal education structure back in the day what, yeah, how, I mean, how did it I work mean, it- they were available, so you had sitting guilds, as it was, and I was at that point in time where it was changing over to NVQ, or in Scotland, SVQ. Yeah. Um, but in no way it was mandatory. The only way it was mandatory if you were on one of the, the work schemes, like the Youth Opportunity Programme or the YTS scheme. Um, and it was mandatory during then. And without disrespect to, to colleges, but certainly the ones in, available in the area that I started working in, the, the, the quality was really poor. Yeah. Um, and the salon owner that I first worked for wouldn't take someone on a scheme because of that, because she felt you were wasting a day at college because the quality of the training was so poor. Right. Um, so all mine was, was salon training. And Harry, do you, I mean, I imagine, I'm sure you've got lots of friends both at Trevor Sorby and in other parts of hairdressing. What is, um, I mean, you, let me get your, are you between 20 and 30 years old? Yeah, 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 26, yeah. yeah. So, he's, so, six, he's 65, he's had a lot of work done. He's <laughs> had a lot of work done. Um, so, so other hairdressers in their 20s, whether they're sort of a bit earlier or a bit later than you, What's the perception of training? Do people feel that the training and the qualification standards are good these days or is there still some frustration? I think there, I think there still is a lot of frustration, especially in, in college, yeah. Um, I, I mean, personally for me, when i done it, I felt like it was a big waste of time. I would have much rather just gone straight in and worked in the salon and had that in-house training. And I, I learned better from watching as well. Um, but I think it's 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 changing. It's getting there, but it's still not. It's not the training you'd need. It's it's like everything I learned at college. I then got to Trevor Sorby and sort of had to forget everything, which was yeah. even harder. It would have been better for me to come in and not know anything. It's something we've talked about in hairdressing for well for such a long time, and I think I sense now as though there is a bit of a change of mood. Whereas before, perhaps those of us not involved with college training might have been quite disparaging about it. I think people are trying to support it better these days. John, do you think that's a fair comment? I think think so. I mean, I think it's the only way that that, um, it will continue to develop in the right way. Um, We've got a lot of uh, young people going to college expecting to come out qualified and they tell you you've got a qualification, so you assume that you're qualified. And I, I, very few salons would take that person and put them straight on the floor. Yeah. Because um, so, you can still qualify without actually working on a living person, is that right? I think so, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, mean, I, I know you can do your level three on tuition heads. Um, yeah. So even if when you're getting to your, your MVQ level three, um, you can you can cram it into a long weekend. Uh, yeah. there's, I know there's some places advertising that. Um, and you can do it on on tuition heads. Um, yeah. So there's no consultation. There's no um, real understanding of of the variances throughout head, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it's um, it's challenging. Um, and I think part of the problem is is that they're budget driven. So yeah. they have to achieve a certain amount of passes to qualify for the same budget the following yeah, year. Yeah. So it's all so that they can they, they can continue to grow, and that's not the right motivation for it. I do think we need to work with it rather than against it these days. It's the, and I know it's there the are only some, way. Yeah, because anyway, we're going to do it. What about, so Harry, let's jump back to you. What about non-formal 
training and education hairdresser where what do you think has helped you in the last eight or nine ten years to learn your craft which wasn't necessarily the formal education I think being around creative people um I think you know being in Trevor Sorby especially you see so much creative work going on all the time and I think everyone's so passionate about their job and what they do so being around that yourself makes you want to do it and makes you want to follow and copy and be that passionate um and assisted I just assisted all the time on anything I could whether it was Trevor doing uh, my new hair you know or if it was a big show or whatever it was I would I would be there I would go on my day off I would do it for nothing and just watch listen and yeah I think that's that was that was the best thing for um, me that made yeah helped me in yeah. my career. And the chance to have a go as well. I know you've um, attended things like the Open Chair Night at Hair Club Live in the past, or or maybe done other competitions um, that, that happen that help. So, so they would be things that would involve you doing as well as watching, I suppose, and actually taking part and having a go and opportunities. Yeah, it's definitely important to do that because you you could get so. You could get so settled in it and sort of into watching and doing and, and being behind the scenes, but then when it's you on stage, it's uh, it's something completely different. But it is great. It sets you up. It gives you confidence. And you need that for when you're dealing with clients each day. You know, not everyone's easy to deal with. You need that confidence. You need to... Brilliant. Yeah. And John, listening to... So, John, listening to that, did you have those opportunities in such a, in such a way, you know from from that sort of young late teens through your 20s or do you think that that is something that's that's got more available to I mean I, I think um I mean there was a couple of things like the Laurel Colour Trophy was uh, around um when I was an assistant um but there wasn't I mean there was a couple of college competitions I think but I, I wasn't really involved because I wasn't at college yeah. um but it was um I don't think it really was. It was kind of as the internet kind of came forward, um, and not at the beginning either. It was more really as we had access to smartphones and then uh, things like Hair Club Live, all those sort of things started to sort of come up. Um, and yeah. then it makes it more global as well, doesn't it? Because you've got access to yeah. online things now where you can enter by a hashtag. Yeah. And the idea of session styling, do you remember, gosh, at the end of the 90s and into the 2000s, suddenly everybody wanted to be a session stylist or to do the shows and, and things again to reference L'Oreal their collaborations with the fashion colleges and with the um, the V&A fashion in motion was really driven by people wanting to to do that yeah I mean hairdressing in the UK has always been quite London centric um, I mean back to when Sassoon did the Sassoon thing <coughs> excuse me um, and and it still is to a, a lesser degree but I think that kind of um, that appeal of kind of doing fashion shows and sort of building a CV through that um, really took off when everyone had access to who was doing it. So people like Sam McKnight had been doing it long before then. Yeah. But we started to kind of understand who Sam McKnight was. Yeah. Um, and then the kind of the, the the rising star at that point of Guido, who just became, I mean. Un, un kind of precedented kind of level yeah. of success and really. they were championed by the magazines more they start hairdressers started getting referenced in a way really through the 90s and into the years 2000 that the likes of grazia magazine and in style and vogue would really talk about hairdressers as being an integral part of a a team and a shoot 
I think it kind of came on the back of the kind of makeover TV period, though. We, we, we put hairdressers into yeah, the kind of the, the, the houses of everyone. Yeah. Um, so we had people like Trevor, Charles Worthington, Nicky Clark, um, and they were on this morning as a regular, and then they, they had programmes dedicated yeah. to makeovers. Changing rooms and that kind yeah, of thing, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, and, the, and they were changing women kind of thing yeah. at the time. Um, so, Harry, what about this explosion then of online, this, you know, that sort of, you know, back in my day, back in, you know, for lots of people, it's, I mean, in the last five years, even 10 years, even in your time since leaving school, or the smartphone, the Instagram, you know, all of these platforms is just like rocketed i mean it's yeah it's changed it's changed loads if from when i first started there was i didn't have instagram from now i have two instagram accounts i've got a normal account i've got a hair account and it's there's so much to do on social media but it's so it's it's amazing as well the amount of the amount of jobs i've got from from social media from my hair account and um you know i've worked on fashion week through through social media i've you know i've done loads i've been loads to, to loads of events and things like that so it's 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 quite amazing and it's nice to showcase your work it's like a free yeah it's a free website yeah. it, to, to to showcase who you are and what it's you like exactly so i was having a look at both of yours actually before we we came to do this recording your hair instagram account how is that your signature style talent because to me it's quite playful there's a bit of experimental in there it's kind of yeah i don't know i don't know if i do have a signature style yet i don't know if i've quite found that but it's um it's definitely playful and definitely something fun to look at you know i like quite interesting and John, I mean, back in the day for me, I was a big cuttings person, you know, we'd have this word tear sheets. I don't know if you even use the word tear sheets anymore, but we literally would have to tear things out of magazines and keep them as ideas for me to write stories or for, for people to create mood boards and so on. How, is, how have things changed for you and how do you see that change? Do you find it helpful or do you wish we could go back to being a bit more like... Um, I mean, it is a double-edged sword, uh, I think, social media. You're kind of putting yourself out there um, and then putting yourself out there, there's a vulnerability to that, isn't there? That some people uh, will love what you do and some people might not. Um, I've been trolled kind of uh, on online and it's, it's very unpleasant. Um, and we had quite, uh, and there was quite a big trolling thing last year. Um, I think it's it's... It is really is a double-edged sword and you have to kind of develop a bit of a thick skin um, to put yourself out there, uh, I think. Um, and some people are Teflon-coated, it washes off, and other people uh, are not so Teflon-coated. Um, but it's... And I remember it was always the journal um, that came out on a Friday. Yeah. Um, and you'd be like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Uh, and that's when I first saw Trevor's work. Um, yeah. and, and, and at the time it was um, Vivian McKinder was the art director and it was the first time that I saw her work um, yeah. and it was it was just a good image regardless of the hair it was uh, still a timeless image um, mm. it was still one of my favourite all time images that first drew me to Trevor Sorby um, so you had limited access to it um, and you know what I've made us do? I've made us go back into the good old days conversation, which older people do. I'm sorry what? about that. There no, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily think they were. <laughs> strictly the good old days, because I think one of the things that, that new medium has done is, is bring everyone kind of up. Because yeah. we can see, like, there's some hairdresser in America can see what Harry's doing. 
Yeah. Um, somebody in Australia can see what I'm doing. That's the amazing um, thing. You don't have to be somebody to showcase and, and be seen and show your work off. Whereas before, if you're not if you're not up there and you're getting your stuff in the magazines, you're not you're not anybody. You're not your work's not being seen. You know that's that's the nice yeah. part of it. I think. And, and I think that's why the UK it was so London centric at that point. Um, yeah. Because we didn't have budgets, you weren't getting noticed. If you weren't in London, you weren't kind of enough. You used to get adverts for jobs, um, must have London experience. Uh, and you don't okay. see that yes, anymore. Yes, yeah, 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 no, yeah. you don't. No, it's quite interesting. And actually, now it's almost gone the other way. Everybody wants to discover the next thing, the next big thing. And, yeah. You know, it's almost like, you know, you, like fireworks. You know, so, oh, that's done, we want to go to the next thing. So, Harry, do you think that that comes with a pressure that you know people like me can't probably even understand that it's quite exciting and it's full of opportunity but it's intense isn't it for for you yeah i think it's very intense it's intense to keep up it's intense to 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 keep producing work and getting it out there and then it's you're comparing yourself all the time to other people's work and it's you see so many ideas it's hard to have your own ideas because there's so much work out there and it's all amazing but it's it starts to look similar to the others, you know. Yeah. So it's, I think maybe it was easier back then when you didn't, you didn't have that social media. You didn't have pictures coming up all day, every day on your on your Instagram. You know, you yeah. could just you've got fresh ideas coming out all the time. I mean, so much has been done now, though, hasn't it? Is there's always new stuff you can do, of course, but yeah, it's, uh, well, you don't have to change much to be revolutionary. Yeah. John, do you think that that's shifted then as a sort of leader? educator mentor supporter of people sort of 20 30 years ago who you worked alongside was probably really important because they were going to be a massive influence on you and and direct you and, and help you discover things whereas now perhaps the importance of that has diminished because there is so much accessible I, I don't think so no I mean I think the uh younger people coming through have a stronger idea of what they like, what they, they want to kind of work towards, what they want to produce. And they also have clearer understanding of where they want to go, I think. Um, but the mentor part of it is still a personal relationship. Um, so it's whether you... It's that in the room with one person. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll tell the story. Harry and I spoke about this the other day again. Um, so Harry, when he joined us, uh, was as lovely as Harry is, still funny, still sweet, uh, but he kind of wasn't really focused on what he was doing and he kind of liked a little bit of a skive. Um, <laughs> so he, 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 okay. he might take the bins out and he might kind of have a kind of extra couple of minutes out kind of taking the bins out. And what for me as someone who'd kind of been around the block a couple of times by that point was frustrating was but I could see something in Harry, I could see something really quite special in Harry that I thought that he either couldn't see or kind of just wasn't buckling down in. Uh, and I kind of jovially kind of joked with him about, oh, come on, Harry, don't get caught. Nah, 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 nah. Don't let me see it here again. And then we had a little kind of bit of a clash in the staff room one day um, and it got a little tense in the staff room. I'm sure <laughs> Harry will agree. It, did. it got a little um, heated. <laughs> but I think and it took him, it, it took him, I think, a, a week or so. Then he came and spoke to me and said, I kind of understand what you're trying to do. Um, and, and I'm not saying that I changed Harry's outlook on it, um, but I think he kind of understood that, that 
that my intentions were for his his good um because yeah. he was getting a, he was he was about to get a reputation for something that he yeah. didn't really want um yeah. and it was kind of a bit of an opportunity for wasting talent rather than than making the most of it yeah. um and at some point after that, and I'm not saying it's linked, but um, at some point after that, he, he buckled down. Um, and all those things that I thought about him when he was kind of mucking around a bit too much were, were absolutely true. He's, he's, mm. he's very talented. Um, and Harry was obviously an assistant uh, in the salon. And I used Harry as an assistant a lot. My clients adored him. Well, because we've got a lot of clients together now, haven't we? It's, it's, it's we funny do, how, that, how it's gone from that. To... But I think that comes from that kind of attitude of, of Harry as an assistant after that point, that he yeah. he buckled down. But what's great about Harry, and I'm very much of this thinking, is that we can be serious about what we're doing, but you don't have to be serious while you do it. Thanks, John. No, I think, I mean, I can see what you, so much um, importance in in what you say there, John, and and Harry, it's, it's tough, isn't it? There's so much out there. You said there is a lot out there, and you said it's all amazing. Actually, it isn't all amazing. I think sometimes you do need somebody to help you pick and choose a little bit you know because we can all get a bit overwhelmed sometimes yeah for sure I think I'm lucky that in that sense I've had I've had John sort of be there to mentor me throughout my training and finding you know finding myself a little bit in the industry I had Tom Connell that really took me under his wing and took me to shows and and just you know helped me find my own path um I think that's important otherwise I I was a I'd have been lost. I'd have been a little, you know, a little fish in a in a, in a big old yeah. pond. So, um, yeah. I'm... I think it's hard. I think being young is hard these days. And I say that I have sons in their sort of teens and early 20s. And I think that there is so much out there that this can be very overwhelming. It is quite intense. There can be quite a lot of pressure. Um, you don't get the downtime because you're always on. There's always the phone on or the YouTube on or, or, or something. So I think I think there's... There's so much that, for me, that is the payoff. There's so, there's so much opportunity, but there's so much everything else as well. Harry, if you look back at sort of friends that you're close with, that you grew up with, whether it's at school or what, have people generally ended up where they thought they would be, or do you think that actually... No, that's a funny thing. Do you know what? Out of all of my friends from school, I was the only one that didn't know where I was going and what direction I wanted to go in in, in life and what career I wanted to go down. Everyone else knew they were going to go to college, go to university and do this and do that. And now I look back, I'm the only person that's stuck with what I've started with when I was 16. And a lot of people have dropped out of university or finished university and now realise what they wanted to do isn't what they want to do now. And so, yeah, it's yeah. quite interesting, actually, how how different it is. And I, I was panicking, thinking, I'm, oh, my God, what am I going to do? I have no idea. All my friends have sorted it, you know. Um, and it turns out I'm in the career that I want to do and I love it and yeah I just sort of fell into it so brilliant oh thank you so much guys you know we've chatted all our time away I really appreciate you joining me just to to finish off John what's next waiting to go obviously really waiting to get this this horrible lockdown finished what's your what's coming up for you I I think it really is just that it's it's kind of getting back to to doing clients, kind of some sort of level of normality. Uh, lockdown number three is, is kind of the board lockdown, I think. Um, the weather's not so good. Uh, we've had snow the last couple of days and it's it's kind of really locked you down yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, so I was just kind of getting back to 
to reality, to, to some sort of normality. Um, like I said at the beginning, uh, we all have a clientele. Um, and I, I kind of quite miss my clients. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, and Harry, what's, what are you most looking forward to getting back to? Yeah, I mean, same, being around people, I miss talking to different people every day. I miss my clients. We, you know, they, they've become like family, friends that you really, you know the ins and outs of them. They know the ins and outs of you. They know when you go for a breakup or when you move house. So, you you know, you miss <laughs> talking to them and, and catching up with them. So, yeah, I can't wait to get to get back and get in the salon. Good. Hopefully it's Hopefully not, not too, too long, long now. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you very much. Thanks, Thanks Nicky. I will actually see you soon. Oh, great. Thanks very much, Nicky. Thank you so much to my guests, John Spanton and Harry Whiffen. That was a very interesting chat. If you like what you heard, then please do visit our podcast library on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you choose your podcasts and have a look at the other conversations we have enjoyed over the past couple of years. We've covered so many subjects. There is bound to be something to take your interest. And please don't forget to rate and review us because it helps drive us up the charts and make hairdressing podcasts easier to find. Until next time, thank you.